0: You are listening to Reju Ramadan 365 Podcasts.
1: Salamu alaikum, welcome to Millennium Discourse with Sajjada Yub and Sheikh Ibrahim Skatima. We're on Discourse 16, which is Listen. You speak very eloquently about the two principles in which we experience the world, seeing and listening. They work in different ways, don't they? Do they not?
0: Um, yes, they, so if you if you are I mean, let's say for instance you're sitting somewhere and you 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 suddenly aware that somebody's giving you attention in a very particular way, and you comment to me, and you're saying to me, this person is looking at me, and then the second instance, that's instance one. Second instance, uh, you 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 commenting on on this person's listening to me. Is there a different emotional content to those two statements. He's looking at me, he's listening to me. Does it feel different? In what way is it different? How does it feel different if you say he's looking at me? How do you feel?
1: Being looked at.
0: Are, uh, and, and he's
1: listening to me? Listening is, a, is an art where you go into the other person's world. Mm. Instead of hearing the sounds, mm. you actually are in the other person's world. You give up your own agenda. And you're over on the other side.
0: So, in other words, the when the guy is looking at you, it feels a little bit uncomfortable. It's kind of like, you know, what do you want? You know, in my youth, I did have one, particularly before I became Muslim. That's how that's how a bar fight starts. By the way, you've probably never been in one. But how does a bar fight start? Bar fight says, "What are you looking at?" Always, it's the line. You know, it's the most offensive thing. You're staring at somebody. You've got a fight on your hands. It's predatory. It's, it's, it's uh, you know. Um, you want to confront anything. You want to get give it eye contact. That's confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, so so so. Whereas if if the person's listening to you, uh, the, your experience and, and you have this when you're saying is, uh, you you can't describe it like you're going into their world, but what you're actually doing is you're lying their world into you we experience these two kinds of behaviors so differently is when the guy's looking at me, he penetrates me. He's coming into me. I always want to come, hey, stop it. You know, I want to put my veil on. Leave me alone. Whereas if he's listening to me, he's allowing me into him. So we've got these two very different uses of, of our attention. And they, 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 they are, they're mutually exclusive, actually. The, uh, you, we, and we, we, you can describe the difference between these two uses of attention as the difference between predatory and receptive attention. And what I mean by predatory attention is, 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 is it's like it's when you're goal-directed when you're trying to get stuff. You know, so receptive attention is about what's coming towards you. Predatory attention is about what you want to go and get. So if you, um, um, uh, if you, uh, the, and these modalities of attention, actually, I mean, they really, they're they, they part of our deep, deep construct as living beings. I mean, it's, it's almost as if Allah had, to, had a number of iterations before he could produce the human being that had this peculiar mix. Because he made predators. And you know, uh, uh, where does any predator's eye sit? You know, like a lion, its eye sits in the, in the front of its head. And the reason why its eye sits in the front of its head is that it gives a depth perception. And why does a predator need depth perception? Because a predator needs to be able to plan. A predator needs to work out, this is going to do this, that, I'm going to do that, it's going to do that, and I'm going to cap. And that's what, it, so that whole ability that we have to be goal orientated, to be results focused, is our predatory sense. You know, and that's why in business today, we seem to think that this is such a, a clever thing to developing people is this predatory attention, this predatory sense of goal directed, having a vision, having all of these really v- visual kind of predatory kind of uh, description. If you look at a prey animal, like a deer or a buck, its eyes sit on the side of its head. Now, why is the eyes here and not here? Well, its attention's not designed for what it wants to go and get. Is that about what's going to come and get it? What's coming towards me, you know? So there's these two modalities of attention. What do I want to go and get? And what's coming towards me? Now, we have been made in such a way that we are the ones that can attest that what is coming towards me is better for me than what I can go get, because he is khairul Makari. Who is, who, who is the the planner? The one who produces outcomes. The one who has the vision. The predator, the one who produces, who g- goes, g- gets the outcome. He's better than us, so he produces better outcomes for us. Which means to say, we need to develop. In order to, in order to. Um, in, in in order to really recognize that he is the planner, he's the master of outcomes, we need to strengthen what is for most people a bit of an under underdeveloped capacity. We need to strengthen our receptive attention and put the dimmer switch on our predatory attention. It is, you know, we've got to allow things to come towards us ourselves and stop pursuing things quite as hard as we're pursuing them. So So, so, so all of the practices that we do, uh, you know, all of the, it's all about strengthening the muscle, you know, Salah, fasting, um, they're they're all about building receptive attention, the capacity to forego the outcome that you're trying to manage, to sit back, be patient, what does patience mean? Patience mean, I'm not going to gun the outcome now. I'm going to sit on my hands, and not try and put my hands on the steering wheel to get the thing I want. Close my mouth, you know, forego the outcome. That's what patience requires you to do. That's one of the first virtues of Dean. Why? Why, why are you required to do that? So that you can develop the skill of taking your hands off the wheel, allowing this greater plan to take place so that you can then be in a position to recognize that his plan is better than yours. He's the better master. He's the, he's the, he's the superlative uh, master of outcomes. And that our job is actually to witness just how extraordinary he is. That's why he made us. That requires us to develop our ability to see what's coming towards us rather than to pursue what we're trying to get, which is why Islam is called submission. It is the surely predation and submission are antonyms surely submission is something that is is more uh, consistent with what happens to a deer than what happens to a lion. Yeah. And so, so in the bigger scheme of scheme of things, I mean, we do have to live a life, etc. But in the bigger scheme of scheme of things, our big job is not to be in charge, but to forego being in charge by you know, by, so, so allow things to come towards us rather than us going towards them. So the, that's uh, that's that's why I think it's important to develop this understanding of the two modalities of attention, and um, and to recognize that actually spiritual work is about developing the second modality. It's about de- de- developing our receptive attention, and, um, and and not about our predatory attention. Yeah
1: you think in the West that we're we're trying to literally focus on life, and our focus is right? This is the goal that I want to achieve. This is the job that I want. This is the business that I want, and we drive towards that on no, an ongoing basis.
0: Exactly that, that's exactly right. Which means we live contending and contentious lives, because you see one of the ways of distinguishing between. Um, predatory and receptive attention when a person's attention is predatory they're trying to step into the world and get the thing that they want. you know they're trying to get the limelight they're trying to grab they try you know so I'm, you know but, but now the problem is that I step into center stage you know um, there's only place for one and that's me which means I my fundamental engagement with others is competitive. you know there's there's, there's only place for one in the middle. I want to be the one in the middle because I want the thing that I want. So, so, so I'm. I, so as soon as I engage my predatory attention, I become. I'm. I'm not only am I um, experience as being dangerous. I mean, I am dangerous to the people around me. I will, by definition, my engagement with the world will be will be contentious. I mean, that's why the bar, bar fight starts with what are you looking at. It's that's the first. any big conflict always starts with the confrontation you know there's only space on this on this carpet for one and it's not going it's not going to be you it's going to be me you know when you when you and that's also then consistent with trying to g- get an outcome because if i want something from you i'm trying I'm like trying to lay hands on because the thing that i want is with you so i'm trying to lay hands on you and that becomes like a wrestling match you know and i have to subdue you to get what i want there's another way of being of course and that is um, is to, to develop your receptive attention because then you aren't so outwardly gathered in terms of how you deal with the world. You, you, it's like literally like the person who's sitting and listening. He's allowing the world to come to him. In other words, he's vacating space. He's not standing center stage. To sit back, he's, he's vacating space. That vacating space, allows the other to arise, it allows people to come up, it allows, and because it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's almost like the greatest sense of generosity that you can give somebody is to give them space to allow them to be, you know, which means to say that one people's experience of you is then what is, is a harmonious one, because you're allowing them to be you, you creating space. So while we are like these hotshot executives that we're trying to develop in this world, that are results focused and are, have visions and that are gunning for things and that are you know are, are killer leaders, I've actually worked for a Pakistani business once where they fired me because I wouldn't endorse the idea that they had to create killer leaders. I thought, how you know what kind of that is bizarre? Killer leaders, you know? I mean, who who, who, who wants that? You know, why do you want that? You know, so, you know, sort of um, uh, uh, go-getters, uh, kind of this. Is comp- uh, these are all destructive ways of being. They produce people whose lives become wreckage, because they're always contending. They're contending with their teams, they're contending with the businesses they run, they're contending with their spouses, they're contending with their family, their lives are a war zone. You know? And, um, and they get spat out anyhow. I mean, they kind of, at the end of the day, they're useless, they can't do anything, they end up you know, miserable and alienated alone in a flat somewhere. Or if they're, if they're unlucky, if they're lucky in an institution for the aged. You know, what kind of a life is that? You know, um, uh, uh, you know so, so the, the, we've, we've bought a way of looking at being alive, which has been the sort of the, 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 the modern business school. And I dare say it's not accurate to say the Western business school. of looking at things because you find exactly the same psychology in 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 lumps in the lahore university of management science they teach people to think like this at universities today particularly in business schools that's how we think people should run enterprises they should be go-getters they should be predators you know uh, hunters they're kind of like uh, it's very destructive stuff very destructive stuff and and uh I dare say that, that 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 actually enterprises succeed very often, not because we teach people this kind of mentality, but despite the fact that we teach people this kind of mentality. You know, and um, I've I've heard it said with a number of executives that I've consulted over you know, the year, you wouldn't touch an MBA graduate with a barge bar Because they're dangerous people. Because of the, the intent that gets that, that is put into them when they look at business. You know, they they get fundamentally they get they they get they get um, inculcated with a predatory approach to being in charge of organizations.
1: And what could those MBA executives, those MBA graduates, what could they do to now take on this other approach, other than having that predatory attention, that focus? How could they now look at that?
0: Well, they could, they, could, they, could, they could understand that the, the people who they lead mm. aren't resources for them to use to achieve an end. Okay. They're actually there to give them something. So, I mean, there's a thought experiment that I'd like you to consider in this regard. Um, and it's, it's a means and ends thought experiment. Um, I say, well, you know, most, most I mean, so if you say, what's the bottom line of the, 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 the deep language that, that uh, MBA graduates get taught about being in charge of enterprises and they went, you know, what is the aim of the leader? They'll say, well, the leader's job is to achieve a result through people. That's what he does, you know, and that's considered to be the appropriate way of looking at leadership. Leadership is about achieving a result through people. Um, and, that, and what's amazing is some people even think that that statement sounds benign. I mean, that's bizarre. It's like, you know, it's like cannibalism because you're treating people like resources. You know? hmm. So, so it's to that the enterprise is going to succeed if you don't have people working in the enterprises who are committed to the enterprise. If they're just there because they have to be there to earn a living, you know, then you're not going to see. you 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 win because they are there because they want to be there they want they're not working because they have to they want to be working because they want to. So, how does one create the difference? How do you? What's the difference between working for a boss because you have to and working for a boss because you want to? Uh, well, uh, there's a very simple little thought experiment that helps to demonstrate that. You've got two subordinates, Sir You're the boss, and you've got two subordinates. We're going to call the one. Um, Isa, and we're going to call, call the other one um, Ahmad. All right. And you say to Isa, Isa, uh, in 1980, I did what you have to do now, and what I did work. Don't argue with me. Shut up and go and do what I did. And you say to Ahmad, Ahmad, in 1980, I did what you're supposed to do now, and what I did work that may be helpful to you. Take a look at it. So, you know, uh, you know, no, uh, no, 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 gold star for the right answer that who's going to work has to, who's going to work because he wants to. Well, Issa's going to work because he has to, and Ahmed's going to work because he wants to. And the question is, what, what, why? What makes those two interactions different? Well, you could say that you're being more rude with Isa than what you are doing being with Ahmed, but that, that's just for dramatic effect, actually. There's something else that's going on that sits under the surface that's not immediately apparent. And that becomes apparent when you separate two variables, means and ends. And you put into those two categories either the person who's doing the job or the job that's being done. So if you say to ISA in 1980 I did what you have to do, what I did worked, go and do what I did. Basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the same job done as you got done in 1980. So that's your end. And ESA, the person, is your means to achieve that. So you're using ESA to get that. You're achieving the result through the person. Let's assume that in the Ahmed case, you you actually meant what you said, this wasn't a piece of clever chicanery that they taught you in business school, you actually meant what you said. I did this, it might be helpful to take a look. The question is, could you have a different result from what you had in 1980? Of course you could. It could be a complete disaster. So your end isn't to get the same job done, because the job could be a disaster. What is your end? You're actually trying to teach Ahmed something. And what gives you the opportunity to teach him something is the job that he's doing. So in Isa's case, you were using the person as the means to get a job done. In Ahmed's case, you're using the job as the opportunity to teach Ahmed something. You know? And what makes those two things different is the difference is that is based on your intent. In Isa's case, Isa would experience that you were there to get something from him. Your intent is to take, your intent is predatory. In Ahmed's case, um, he experiences that you're there to you be helpful to him. Your intent is to give him something. Your intent is receptive because who's the hero in the Ahmed case? Is it Ahmed. You're trying to make him the star. Whereas in Issa's case, you're trying to be the star yourself. You're the one who's taking center stage. In the Ahmed case, you're allowing Ahmed to be. Now, the question is this. Which one of these two, if, you know, where are you going, where are you likely to have a more successful business? whether you have people working for you like Issa or people working for you like Ahmad. And clearly it's when people are working for you like Ahmad. Now that means to say that in in the, uh, when you look, what are you actually doing? If you you say, describe leadership from the point of view of that leadership is about achieving a result through people. Because you're using the person again. If you wanted to use the same words to describe what you're doing with Ahmad, you'd have to say leadership is about achieving people through results. Because your, your aim is to build the person, and, and people say, but that doesn't even make sense. But that does make sense, because that's exactly what a coach does. You know, a coach of any sports team, his job isn't to produce a result, that's what the player's there for. His job is to coach the player. And that doesn't mean to say he doesn't have game or the game or the results, I mean, the, the, those two things are his tools, in, in order to to build the play. In other words, he uses the game that's being played, he uses the result as his means to cultivate a player. His product is a player. A leader's product should be the people working for him, and the enterprise that he's running is the gymnasium that he uses to make them exceptional people. When he does that, he has the fun- he passes all the fundamental rules. I'm not the significant one. I'm yet to make the significant one. I'm not here to compete and contend. I'm here to collaborate. I step out of the way. I don't try and take center stage. I make possible. And because he does that, he creates a collaborative experience with the people who work for him that then creates the condition that the organization succeeds. Because it's now no longer uh, dependent on the ingenuity of one. It's now dependent on the ingenuity of the many who are all contributing or being enabled to contribute. So this this issue of of, of the difference between uh, predatory and receptive attention is an, is not just theory. This is immensely practical, immensely immensely practical. Actually, actually difference between six, having truly successful enterprises and failing enterprises. So nobody nobody taught you, you see, that your masala is actually is uh, is, uh, is, is 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 sort of should should be what you get. It should be the first trick, the first skill you learn in order to be trusted with an enterprise, how to submit, how to step out the way, how to become receptive and not predatory.
1: So would I be right in saying that the sight is is almost superficial, concerned with material assessment of the world, whereas listening is just about hearing sounds, but concerned with...
0: No, you can say that. You can say that. Um, because it, it is It is when you, you, you know, when you, be, when you're looking at something, you, you, well, I mean, the first thing is that I see you because I delineate your shape. You know? Whereas, you're the it looks like when I'm looking at you, you're over there and I'm over here. Whereas when I'm listening to you, I can actually feel I can feel the sound in me. I, I, much more definitely have to let you into me to hear. You know, I, although the same thing is actually happening when I'm looking, it doesn't appear to be the case. You know, so, so um, uh, it is true to say that when you're listening, it requires a, a, a greater sensitivity and a more, a more subtle approach to attention than uh, uh, than what you, you know, than, than, than when you're looking. That is uh, that's. Uh, Absolutely um, Yeah, there's a uh, um, there's there, there's also this thing of you know there's um, it is true though that you can turn your eye into an ear because that was the first command to the Rossothiels, you know, variously translated either as recite or read. Reading's a really intriguing skill because you're using your eyes. But what are you doing? You're translating what you're seeing into language. You're turning your eye into an ear. And that was his first command, the first command to his Rasul, and therefore his first command to all humanity. Turn your eye into an ear. Start reading. Start allowing the, allow the meanings in. Soften your eye. Alhamdulillah.
1: On that note, thank you again. And join us back for discourse. Listeners, you are listening to Millennium Discourses we will be back tomorrow with another topic. We would like to thank Etzko Skatema. Till tomorrow,
0: Allah Hafiz from <laughs>